Uh, welcome back to the Call to Adventure podcast. We're here today with a very special guest, Reese Schleicher, aka Reese Physique. <laughs> Doesn't know how he feels about that just yet, man. But thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Super privileged to be here and uh, excited. Yeah, looking forward to this one. It should be fun. Should be fun, man. Is there any questions you want to ask straight off the bat? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be up front. So I'm coming in clean on this episode so luke obviously trains at your gym yeah i've heard a lot of good things about you sick already i can understand why he talks you up because yes. the energy is like contagious Perfect. i'd love to know yeah has have you always had this exuberance this energy towards life i sort of like grew up as a kid knowing that there was some form of superpower that i sort of had i didn't know what it was and it's always been that i've been able to communicate well and connect well with people and that's sort of been the skill that sort of since birth is got me to where I am today in terms of business and life and it, it sort of saved me through a few demons as well. So, yeah. yeah. You would love superpower, wouldn't you? Yeah. You're instantly already. thinking of Spidey straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favourite superhero? Mate, I'm an Iron Man lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. all about Iron Man. Yeah. I love the technology. I love that he's evolving with time and he's probably – the dopest, bro. He's making the most cash out of the, out of the <laughs> yeah. crew, you know what I mean? So that's that's the real high roller that we want to be part of there. Mm. Was it the Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man that got you into it or were you before? Yeah, Robbie, yeah. Robbie for he's, sure. He's yeah. the goat. He's, he's the, the goat. goat. Does it well. He represents it. He's smart. He's educated. And at the top of it, you know, like he's got the money to show it. Yeah. So I think he shows he's not just jacked or he just doesn't have a superpower. He's intelligent too. And then he knows he's got a personal brand too, boys. <laughs> yes. We love a personal brand. It's been the topic of conversation, man. So, Reese, man, honestly, like, I am really excited about this chat, man, because we've, we've spoken a little bit about who yep. you are and where you've come from and the sort of individual that, that you are now, man. What got you into this whole fitness journey? What got you into turning into the person that you are now, man? Because, you know, you did have a, a bit of a tough upbringing slash yep. rough upbringing. Yeah. Um, so fitness and sports have always been a big part of like my life. Um, I grew up with pretty much a, a single parent back out, out in Broadmeadows, Glenray for those out north in the northern suburbs of, of Melbourne. Um, and I had pretty much like, you know, multiple parents, but one main parent in the picture. So sports was always a way for them to sort of like keep me occupied. So early on, my dad was like, you've got to learn how to swim and you got to play footy. So sports is where I always gravitated to. And then whenever there was probably like drama at home and the family might've been bluing or something, that's where they pushed me to, which was also like my, my safe haven. So whenever life got stressful, things got difficult, I would always gravitate to just like committing to sports. And I think as well that with most sports or like activities, there's always a good form of community mm. as kids. There's always other parents around and all those sort of things. So I think I always just like associated, you know, exercise and training as being fun, but there was also like a safe place because there was other parents to sort of nurture me. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much like how fitness sort of came to my life. And as I said, I sort of grew up in like a, a bit of a, a broken home, single parents they were quite young when they had me, migrated from overseas as well so my mum was born in Singapore so she came to pretty much Australia when she was like 20 real young um and fitness was a way to sort of stop me falling into those old um habits that sort of came with a young family upbringing so that's sort of how I stayed with fitness and what's fitness sort of been to me is just like a really rock to just keep me disciplined and yeah mm. on track mm. is there any part of you that feels like that's what's making you sort of 
you know, help people now as well? Like from your upbringing, your past, is that like the call to be a personal trainer and help others? Or is that just sort of what you've fallen into? I think it's just what I fell into. It's, it was just what I was good at. And I think growing up as a kid, there, there's so much pressure to be like, what role, you know, what do you want to do? My old man was always like, be a chippy, be a plumber or get a licensed trade. So chippy, plumber or sparky. And I even started an apprenticeship. And I just sucked. Like I was terrible with my hands. So I think going to a sport, something like fitness and health, it was just like a natural gravitation to go towards. And I think it's the smartest to just sort of do what you're passionate at. The skills will come, you know? Yeah, not everyone does that though, man. Like some people just jump into a trade and they'll just sort of tough it out. And then next thing you know, it's like 15 years down the track. So correct. the fact that you've just decided to pursue your passions is like, it's remarkable, right? Thank you, bro. I think you've, you've got to take a little bit of risk too, you know, like for some people, right, they do pick a role and they stick at it and they stay and they might be fulfilled, but it works for them. I think it really just sort of comes down to what you want out of life, who you are, what you're exposed to and where you think you want to go with it, you know. So it's always important to to pick a passion, I think, for the for the long term, stick with, you know, what you know and sort of evolve from there. Fucking motivational, this guy. Yeah, I was <laughs> There's some snippets popping up already, mate. I can see it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's cool, man. That's yeah. It. What stage did you have to make that decision for yourself? And I guess- At, at what time, at what stage? Just, yeah, where you were like, you know what, this the trade life isn't for me. I'm going to go into my passion. So I got expelled from school in like year nine. So I would have been like 15 years old. And- um Left school, my parents were like, you had to work. I've pissed around for a couple of years. So I would have been 16 or something, turning 17 where I started an apprenticeship. And day one, I was just not cut out for this. Mm. I just did what I was told. Follow a trade, it's where the money is. You'll be happy, stick at that for 10 years, get qualified and the money will come. Day one, I said, bro, this fuck is, it's not for me, you know. Um, the culture in a sport, you'd know about this, Luke, when it comes to sort of trades, constructions, boys are rough. They're not uh, soft-hearted. They say it how it is. And being, you know, a 16-year-old boy and sort of being built into a culture that I feel like is built on hierarchy, it wasn't a good spot. So I think I lasted six months in that apprenticeship and I said, fuck this, man, I, I can't do it. I'm miserable. I'm scared. I'm intimidated. And I just suck. I wouldn't. So that's where it was a change. And what I did was I got straight into selling gym memberships. You just moved into what's the next job. And I was like, ah, okay. Like I like the gym. I want to be around training. Why don't I just like figure out? And that's where I started. My career started from the ground up selling gym memberships, receptionist, you know, to becoming personal trainer and, you know, slowly evolving qualifications and moving my way up. So it was 16, 17 when I was like, I think fitness is where I really wanted to go. But also turning 30 now, it's really reignited that this is the space that I want to stay in. You know, 12 years now in the industry, I questioned it for a bit, you know, is there something else I want to do? I'm like, nah, I think this is where I want to stay. I'm helping people. I'm passionate about it. And there's still so much more to learn as well. So, yeah. Mm. So a personal question for me and also for the viewers, is there, has there been many times throughout the journey, the 12 years, where you've questioned the journey, the process, am I doing the right thing? How, 100%. Yeah, and how do, you, how do you sort of navigate all that? 
Fuck. <laughs> Mate, I think in 12 years I question it every week. Yeah. Um, my first four years as a trainer where I sort of like worked for myself, I sucked. I struggled to make like the minimum tax bracket. I used to like get all my tax back. Um, but I used to, I just loved training. It was stress-free for me at the time. And then eventually I think when you stick at things long enough, you acquire new skills, you acquire confidence, you know, because I think the most valuable asset sometimes is time opposed to any other skill. You've just got to let it roll. Mm. Um, and along the way, I'll always question it. Do I really want to do this? I think it's human nature for us to get bored. I think it's human nature for us to question if what we're doing is right because it might not be, you know, challenging enough. Um, and I'll always question it. But I think, you know, through those stages, I just like, align myself with like what do I like doing where want to where do I want to go with this and how long do I want to see myself doing it for and I think it's sort of like I want to do this shit forever you know mm. so why start at the bottom but I think it's a really good conversation to have right now because for me like I was the same I like left construction because I fucking hated it right yeah but then now like being back in it and realizing that like I even question coaching something that fulfills the fuck out of me I think people misunderstand that, like, if you, like, pursue your purpose and your passions, it's going to be difficult regardless. It's not just going to be like, yeah, fuck, this is the best ever, man. Like, I'm going to wake up every day energized, like, da 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 I'm going to love this forever. It's like, you will, but, like, it's not just going to be fucking easy. And that's the realization that I had to come to is, like, I actually enjoy working in construction. I just, like, expected it to be easier. Yeah. And then when I had that mind shit, mindset shift that it's, like, these challenges come up in anything that I do. It's not just the construction. Correct. And then as soon as I had that, I'm like, fuck, okay, now I find meaning again in construction and why I'm doing this and then connecting to my why to a bigger reason. Yeah. And then those challenges become meaningless, Correct. even though they still exist yeah. and they still come up. I think as well, it starts off the fact that it's a challenge. And that's the thing that we want as creatures is something to conquer, something to test us and something to improve to be better at. And I think when we start questioning things, right, it's probably because we're due for a new challenge within our set of tasks. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I lost my chain of thought, but, yeah. No, you, you, you're good, bro. You're good. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Yeah, you're good. I'm, I'm still really fascinated with the the 12 years in the game yep. for you as fitness. And I know you, you've had over 10 years in, in your industry and in your game. When we first enter into a new sort of challenge or industry, we come in with like a, yeah, like you said, one reason, maybe it's a few reasons, and then obviously you go through the ups and downs and your reasons change, your why changes, your purpose changes. What is your current why or purpose with what you're doing and how has it changed over the years? Wow, good one. This might throw a few people off. I think, and, and Luke, have I spoken about this, the why is what's going to drive us to continue with anything that what we do. And if we don't, I guess, continue to pursue or work through those challenges, our whys aren't strong enough. And every so often, every couple of years, my why changes yeah. and it's going to change again. And it's mm -hmm. almost seasonal mm -hmm. and it depends on what stage of life I think we're in. I recently got married. So, you know, my why to, to be in shape, to look good for my partner, to attract, you know, a spouse, was that for the last couple of years while now the thing that's sort of driving me as I'm in a stage of where it's I'm a stage of my life where it's all about career so at the moment what motivates me now is staying in shape allows me to make more money I'm more healthier I'm more energized 
I'm trusted as an authority because I can keep it together. So my why at the moment is like, how can I be the most optimal to make more money and perform the best in my life so my career can continue to grow? You know, and, and that was my why now. I'm sure that'll change in the next six months, 12 months, whatever it is. But right now, that's what gets me up and eats the same simple breakfast or gets me training for seven days. It goes, I want to make more money. I want to be, I want to consider myself successful and all those sort of things. So that's what fucking gets that ticket going is. Such an underappreciated part of growth is physical. 100%. Like I, I've come to this realization. That's why I've seeked guidance and that's yeah. why we're going fucking hard. Right. Yeah. But you know, like I'm, I'm in decent shape, but I'm not in the shape that I want to be at. Yeah. Right. Like when you don't have that confidence, but when you do have that confidence, like I'm starting to see slow gains and I'm like building on that momentum. There's so much fucking growth in that itself. Cause you just like walk around with a bit more of a strut. You feel more confident talking to these people. You put yourself out there more. I think, fuck man, it is so crucial to push yourself to the limits and, and have, have yeah. the physical body. And so many people just like miss the mark on that. And they, they want to be healthy and they want to do this and they want to do it. And they want it for the right reasons. But ultimately you, you want to make sure that the reasons that you're doing it have multiple benefits and like getting healthy isn't just getting healthy being healthy you can spend more time with your kids being healthy you have more energy to work more being healthy you can train and look better and then the confidence thing and then all of a sudden you just got these cascade of reasons mm. and benefits you know of how you can just be a better performer in every aspect of your life and it can be career family and i think as you said it's all about being healthy but looking good feeling being proud about you know the work mm. that you're doing mm. being you know i think confidence comes from you know knowing that you followed through with what you said you were going to do you mm. said you were going to get in shape and you spent 12 weeks a year to get in shape you're fucking confident because mm. you walked the walk you know mm. so i think it's important bro and when you're fucking on that gym floor and you're like i don't want to do this but you do it fuck that's where some serious growth is like you that's can take that where shit the anyway. real growth is bro <laughs> when you don't want to do it is when you know, make the most change you know you acquire a new skill a habit discipline mm. yeah how do you how do you inspire motivate your guys in the gym your clients it's a good question how do i luke <laughs> I knew this would come to me. Uh, fuck. I, I think you're just like, like you said, authority. Like you just know your shit, right? So you come in and like you said earlier, you just feel calm in his presence. Mm. So you walk in, you feel like you're in a safe space. And then, you know, like you keep, like we have good chats. So like yeah. there's a bit of a, a relationship building and then you're like, okay, fuck. Like I come in and, and, you know, I'm sort of like throwing myself at you. Like, bro, like I want to like do this. You're like, all right, like fucking like let's do this. So he's like motivating by like that aspect putting me under pressure and it's like whenever there's like he's like seen me doing like 10, 10 reps of like a weight he's like bro like come on man is like, there a bit of tough love it, in yeah, yeah fuck yeah. yeah yeah and he just like he sees it and he's like no you can do better yeah like he he, he pulls the best out he of sees you. he sees the bigger version of you oh fuck yeah 100 yeah. percent. It's, it's important i think i always like to just like say it how it is man mm. and what you see is what you get if you perform well like i'll let you know but if you're falling under the radar like i'm gonna highlight it mm. i think you know, for me, I want to be an authority. I might have grown up a kid, pretty rough, a little bit shady. You know, there's some um, sights, sorry, is that the word? But the characters to my side that I didn't always like. But one thing that I did learn is just be like truthful and honest from the get-go and you'll get a lot more respect and life became easier and I got more out of 
the people that I've been working with. So when, you know, you're just completely honest always, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or tell them what they need to say, that's probably been my, what I would think would be my biggest motivator is I'm not going to bullshit you. Mm. Straight savage. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a common theme between yeah, a the topic theme. for us. Like, you know, I've really channeled into that energy <laughs> myself and it's actually like that truth and honesty is like actually the kindest thing that you can do. Just 100%. like pulling someone up on their bullshit, being like, bro, like, you know, you're, you're dropping here. Like, you know, you put like, even like you, you put on a bit of weight, bro. Like, what do you like? Do you want the best out of yourself? It's not insulting. It's like, come on, we know you can do better. And that's like truth and honesty. And like being brutally honest is like the kindest respect ever. And I found if you, and especially if it's always, because when people know you're speaking, they know you're speaking from the heart. So if you can tell someone a lot of like, you know, when they're doing well or bad, always, and hard and direct the next time they don't bat it's not an emotional thing it's like ah man as you said this person cares for me mm. you know he's actually wants to see me do well if not he wouldn't say it mm. he would fluff it up and you know tell me what i want to hear mm. and you just get more out of just fucking being direct man it's just easy you get straight to the you know the bread and you cut out the bullshit quite quickly. Yeah, straight away, man. <laughs> people that don't want that feedback, it's like, uh, off you go. I think Luke came in and he asked, we're talking about nutrition, you know, you, you first couple of your week, week in, like, can you write me a meal plan? And it was just like, no. Like, show me that you're willing to do the work. Yeah, I remember you saying that. I just yeah. said, no, bro. Like, you know, I've learned to be selective of who you work with. And I think, you know, people, a lot of people will say they want something, but you want to see them do it. Yeah. And then early, you know, if 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 you project your expectations too, at least people sort of know like where they stand as well. And if they want to perform well, they'll do right by you. Yeah. Do what you say. Yeah. If that makes sense, you know. I feel like that definitely comes with the time and the experience in the game as well, because that's that's a reflection on your self worth, your standards that you uphold for yourself. Hundred percent. I think you you, you got to get the reps in. I think it's an age thing as well. I was having this discussion with my missus. I told her that I was coming to do a potty with the boys, and um, <laughs> she goes, "It's the second podcast you've been on. When am I going to get to go on one?" I said, "Maybe at thirty. You know, <laughs> you're a bit young. <laughs> got to get some life." Experience. How old is she? She's twenty eight. Nah, we'll wait a couple of years before invite her on. <laughs> make her and make her earn her yeah, but it, it, it's all experience that comes with it and just over time. But you've also got to learn how to navigate people, you know. Like imagine when I first started 12 years ago that I wasn't able to at least pretend to be an authority or learn to how, you know, when you're 18 and your first client that's paying you 90 bucks for a 45-minute sessions, 42 years old, you've got to quickly like figure out how to – direct traffic you know how to motivate how to inspire how to get an adult to listen to a child you know so mm -hmm. it does come with the experience but i think you just got to back yourself in and just be honest man like no one can fault like honesty mm -hmm. how did you feel like when you were in that position when you were 18 like were you confident as fuck to be able to be coaching these guys or was there a bit of imposter syndrome at all 100 percent imposter syndrome man like <laughs> I would um, anxiety, was nervous, especially when it came to the sale. You got to ask some guy for money. Your whole life, you know, you, you get paid, bro. You get into PT and you realize like you're working for yourself ninety percent of the time. Um, I was an imposter. Didn't know, but 
you always, I used to have this saying as a kid, I would say I called it putting on face. And I would do this thing to myself where I'd like walk out of the staff room and I'd swipe on. And I would just, it was like just the mindset was just get the job done. I didn't even know what that meant. It was just like figure it out. Mm. No game plan and just ask questions and just see how to go. So definitely imposter syndrome, but you just got to figure it out. No one's really going to teach you really. I mean, you've got your mentors, your coaches learn, but you still got to do the work Mm. yourself. Mm. Yeah. Do you still remember your first client? There's always like a, it's always normally oh, a very memorable. I've got, man, I've had so many. I've got a lot that have been with me pretty much since day one, but still members at, a, at our studio. But I've had so many clients. I'll walk into people up the street and like, oh, that's right. I used to train you years ago. And we used to go out and drink together as well <laughs> or, or something. Um, there's been so many, no memorable ones until I see him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. You have listeners to this, so he can't he can't drop any names. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess it's a it's a cool reminder. Like you could just be passing by someone and be like, "Oh shit!" Like I, I actually used to train you, and like it, yeah, it just like brings it up to your memory again, and it just shows you how many lives you've maybe touched along the way. Correct. Yeah, it does. I think as well having social media. Sometimes you're like, "Oh man, who's that follower?" You're like, "Oh, I trained him like seven years ago." Yeah. So those things they're they're the rewarding ones when you like still communicate. You know, years on. You know, still got a connection with them. You you mentioned before, like your relationship with Luke when he first came to you, and he was like, "I'm eating four thousand cows, and I can't put on weight, man. Like, write me a meal plan." Yeah. But before that, you were talking about uh, the importance of like having someone who genuinely cares for you and wants you to succeed, not only as uh, as a client, but someone uh, who can stand on their two feet and be an independent person. For you, early days, who was that for you? Like an early mentor figure that helped you. It was really hard. As a kid, I didn't have any male role models, people that I could sort of look up to. But it, what it would be was it'd be like the top dog trainer in the gym mm. or a friend or someone's I knew's partner that just looked like they were doing sort of like well at life. Um, so I just like look at these people that had good relationships with their wives and I'd be like, I've got to be more like him. I look at the big trainers in the gym and I would say like I needed to model what they do, wear the same sort of shoes they do. You know, if there was certain, if he was had an iPad, I needed to rock the iPad too for my clients, you know. So I never had like many good um, role models to sort of gravitate to. I sort of had to fend and be my own sort of guy. But when I did find them, as I said, they were normally the top trainer in the gym or it'd be someone on my social media and it would only last like a small stint because mm. you outgrow these people as well. What I found with, you know, like these role models and like mentors is like you learn what you can and sometimes you might get to their level or beyond and it's time to sort of like move on. Mm. The person that was a great partner or a great businessman was only for that stage till I got to it. And then it was no longer what I would consider to be great because I was ready to, to, to move on to the next person. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That reminds me as well because a lot of people feel like when you outgrow a particular friend group, maybe from high school, or you break up with a partner and people, they talk about it as if it's like this, oh, fuck, yeah, like we're just not compatible. And they talk talk about it as if it's like a, a breakup tends to have this negative connotation. But someone reframed it really well recently and they said that it was the relationship was just complete. That, it just gave me what I needed at that particular 100%. point in my life. 
And like you said, he's just like up leveling, up leveling. I mean, we're, we're as people, we're constantly evolving, we're constantly learning, and we're constantly expu- exposed to different influences. It's only like human nature for us to gravitate in different areas, you know. And and I think it's you're just outgrowing people or growing in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the the biggest thing that me and my wife now talk about is making sure that we like grow at the same speed. We've both got different skills. We both own this business together. Um, and there's times when one person is more motivated than the other. But what keeps the glue together is to make sure that at some stage we're both learning. It's not just her learning all these new skills, financially growing, and it's not me. It's keeping that and communicating it and making sure that also like our goals and our visions align Mm. and that just keeps us rock solid. And then I've got other friends as well that um, we all own gyms as well. And it's just human nature that, like we slightly drift, not that we want it to, but same thing, different stages of life, you know. So it's just making sure that you find the right circle of people and then just hope that for that duration you, you've, you're aligned, your visions are the same. But as I said, it's it's probably common that you will outgrow people in business and relationships and friendships and all that sort of stuff too. Mm-hmm. Not everyone will outgrow people though. Like not everyone, no. Nah. Some people are just designed to stay in their groups and correct and and stay in that that comfort bubble. Um, but it's just it's just funny hearing you talk about how you just like yep, and then you're just like next level, and then you're like yep, mm. and you're like next level, and that's just the sort that, of that. And that that's a me thing. I've probably I've probably <laughs> been one of faults that some friends of like sort of held to me, and it's sort of like look, it is what it is, you know, like. It's nothing personal though. It's not. It's just like an exchange. Like it's just like, look, this is not the energy that I want in my life right now and I'm, I'm growing and it's got nothing to do with you as a person. And I think as well that like life is an exchange of value in every asset. If we relate it to friendships, business, communicating, like we're right now this is valuable to you to have my experiences here. This is valuable to me to be up here and then the trajectory of our lives, right? So a lot of it is just – delivering value and when you no longer receive value for a person that's when you separate Mm. you know might not be getting the same chats we might not be playing sports together we might not be getting to get that monthly beer and feed or whatever whatever the value of some people whatever their version of value is and it's just an exchange and some people will always be comfortable with a certain level and, and that's okay for them but i think if you're outgrowing people you're doing good things, you know. Mm. You're you're testing your beliefs, you're challenging yourself, and you're putting yourself in a position that these people are potentially not exposed to, which gives you the edge and, and it gives you more opportunity that other people don't get. Mm. So outgrow your friends, bro. Mm. Yeah. So See do you. it, man. Come on, boys. Keep up cruise. Yeah, yeah. Stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to hear it, man. And and by the sounds of it, it sounds like a big contrast from you know, hearing how you've just grown into such an individual and who you are, like it's, it's inspiring to see who you are now. It's a big, it sounds like a big contrast to who you were when you were a bit younger, right? Let's touch back to when you were 16 and you got expelled from school. What yep. what happened there? Where were you at? Like who were, what was so, the sort so of when I was young, I was young, angry, angry boy. So my mum was a young parent. She had me at 20. My dad was a bit old. I wasn't in the picture. They were always blueing. And we're just moving area to area. My dad ended up sort of leaving the picture my stepfather, who raised me, ended up doing some jail time. So I was this angry kid with just no parental guidance. And when I did, I sort of got handballed to sport or another parent or friend's house, you know. 
then I had the skill of being a good communicator. So I could um, I could sort of get people to gravitate. I became sort of the leader of a crew, a gang, or just the footy club. I could sit up there and, and sort of talk. So as a kid, I was punching on, getting to a lot of drugs, just, just doing what every other kid with no parental guidance does. They misbehave and they seek attention. Yeah? How can I get... You know, mum's attention, dad's attention, the boys, the girls, whatever. So at 16, when I, when I got expelled, it was just for violence, fighting. I was doing a lot of drugs, smoking a lot of dope. My parents were, you know, drug users. Not heavy, but it was just easily accessible. And I was just doing all that sort of thing. So it was very crowded. Um, and I was going through where I hit rock bottom, you know. A lot of my friends probably came from better homes, had a lot of kids and friends that came from broken homes. But I always felt that they had a little bit more access to something, whether it was like finances, because we came from like real no money. So I found it really hard to, to get ahead like these did. So I was stealing and all that sort of stuff, fighting, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I just got sick of fucking being a loser, bro. And then having eventually like your friends just go, even you're a fucking piece of shit, bro. You know, so I think when you hit rock bottom at that stage, you start scavenging for light and whatever it is, man. And you do whatever you sort of can to get yourself off, you know, out of the darkness. Um, and that was just like a huge pivotal point for me was to be like, I don't want to be considered worthless. I don't want to live the life that I grew up also with my family. Like I wasn't normal. And then I think I turned like 17 where I started realizing like, hang on, man, my parents aren't even in the picture. I can't even fucking blame them for what's just happened this last six months. And that was the biggest thing was it was just taking responsibility from here on in. I'm not the poor kid from Broadmeadows no more. I'm not the kid from a single parent. I've got skills and talented people like me. I need to use that. So that was that turning point around 18, 19. I went completely cold turkey, straight, straight edge off all the drugs. I was smoking marijuana. I was doing ice, doing a lot of things really early on. And I just cold turkey. And one day I just clicked my fingers, still let the kids still hang out with me, which was the weird thing because I didn't have any friends at the time. They'd still, you know, show up at my house, would still do our thing. They would still be doing whatever. And then it started getting to the gym. And then eventually I just stopped seeing them. Just one day I was like, oh, I don't need them. So... Growing up hard, I think that that biggest, that chaining point was being old enough to realize that you're the responsible for the life that you want. And if you're not where you want to be, it's because you haven't learned the skills or become the person you wanted to be. So that became that driving, driving force. Who do I need to become to get to where I want to go? Who do I need to become to no longer experience that? Who do I need to become to be respected and not be that piece of shit or, you know, whatever once upon a time I was considered, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Great origin story. Great origin story. Like I'm just thinking comic book, Number one of like every superhero. <laughs> Bro, I've, I've been told I could probably write a movie. That's on this great. Story. One day we might have to get into the real, the real story. <laughs> huh? this, is, this is just the, 
throwing the teasers out there learning one learning how to speak on a potty yeah <laughs> i'll get you back for episode yeah. two mate and we'll, we'll dive even deeper let's just talk about so you've, you've come out of that right and yeah. then you were talking about how who do i need to become what do i need to learn yeah where did you go like where did you look for those answers and where did you find them i looked for the, whoever the top dog was in the gym whoever the most respected person was whoever looked like they were doing the best that's what i wanted Mm. I wanted those nice shoes. I wanted to be around good looking people. I wanted to have a, a nice house. So what I did was to, to start was I gravitated towards, but I took myself out of that environment. I moved from Broadmeadows into the city. And then I remember as soon as I had enough money, I bought this Mickey apartment on city road. And I was like, I'm going to like trick myself into believing I was worth this. I'm going to make this my new normal. I went and bought myself a fancy wallet. And not that that attracted or any of that. So maybe it did energetically. I don't know. But I took myself out of this environment and I put myself in an environment where I wanted to be, which brought that confidence. Felt like the man had this grouse apartment. I was starting to get in shape. You know, I was finally starting to sort of, you know, make some money. I was around other people that started to, to respect me or, you know, thought I had potential. And that was that biggest driver I was like, fuck, man, run away from shit and run to money, I guess. Like as silly as it sounds, that's why I moved to an area like Richmond. Felt it was like an affluent area. Everyone's got good jobs, good careers, good opportunity. I meet people like yourself. Didn't happen from where we are in Broadmeadows, you know. Those people are still in the area. Some are doing very well. Some are not doing so, so well. But as a whole, it's probably you know, pretty consistent there, you know, you get mm. one that does well, the rest just still there. When you come to like an area close to the cities, people that are trying to make money, everyone's out there to hustle. So it's just run and gravitate to that sort of those people doing well. Mm. I used to use a word where, um, I think my mom taught me years ago where it would be model excellence. And these were like some of those key drivers that I would sort of like use and, Model excellence would be to me is almost if there's someone that I looked up to that was doing something really well, I would copy what he's doing word for word until I understood it enough to tweak it and make it my own. Mm. But there was no point changing something that wasn't broken. Yeah. So that's where the word model excellence, someone was doing excellent, I'd model it. Ah, oh, okay, this is the word that he is. Or he might have like said something in introducing himself to me and he just used something like a gravitating some word and I'm like that's what I'm going to use next you know mm. speak like him sound like him sign off like him or her whoever you know mm. do you feel like the the tough upbringing has utilized well it's given you strengths to create such a successful business like because a lot of yeah, yeah. Well, I think um like I don't know know the research or anything, but my understanding is a little the right amount of trauma in an upbringing will drive you to sort of chase that, if that sort of makes mm. sense, you know. So I think I did have the right enough to keep me driven and motivated, enough for me to go, I don't want to live that life no more and I want to, to live this. So when I sit there and I remember some of, you know, the beds that I used to sleep on and the places I'd wake up, you know, I'm like, nah, never again. So I'll, I'll extremely work hard never mm. to experience them. And it comes from those hard stories. Makes you also more relatable too. You've got other stories that other people aren't experienced to telling. I can sit here and tell you about one of these rough 
troublehood childhood stories and people flip but it's like normal to me so i think there's also like that skill is other people are captivated to hear like what you've got to say so you can sort of like play that sort of shit too (laughs) if you know how do you feel comfortable in that Mm. sort of stuff yeah i think what you do really well and why i gravitate to your story because it's i can relate it to like spider-man's origin or batman's is because you you've gone through a series of events somewhat traumatic your adversity but what you really hone in on is the transformation how it changed you to be a better person yeah and i think that's something we can all gravitate towards it's a very universal human storytelling principle because it's like how did it change you on a very human level yeah and it's like going through that and then realizing oh my parents actually aren't in the picture like it's just me and that gives you that sense of like duty responsibility to go out and be like your own man correct so, yeah yeah 100 percent I do want to ask you, it's more towards business and also your relationship with your partner. How is managing that dynamic? Because you've got the, you've got the relationship, the romantic relationship, but then you add the business. Yeah. Right. And business is very like a masculine. Yeah. yeah, Go, go, go. How do you, yeah. Any insight? How do you manage that? Mate, I think my, my relationship's the best that it's ever been in any relationship that I've ever had is because we have a business together. We've got a goal, we've got a vision, and we're both truly aligned to it. Mm. And then we're polar opposites too. Um, you know, I'm very out there, very confident naturally. Chelsea's a little bit more um, timid, probably takes a little bit more warming up to, but super organized, fast learner. You know, we've got polar opposites. Um, and then we just make sure that we complement each other in terms of skills and we never step on each other's feet. So a lot of what we do is all business and then a lot of what we do is like relationship stuff. But as a whole, we're super connected because of it. I find that like this is just, you know, for, for my story, you've got other people that have two separate relationships and some people like that. They like, you know, being able to go out to work and coming home and then sharing all that stuff with their partner, unpacking all their shit. Then you've got other people like me, like I love my missus, she's my best mate, right? We train together as well, fucking lift weights. Um, and then obviously, you know, we work and we make money together. Like in every aspect of our lives, we're just like ticking boxes. So, so long as we communicate, and there's definitely times when we blew and we have fights like everyone and all that sort of stuff. But what sort of keeps it together, and I always put it back, is our communication is great, but our goals are aligned. We are, when we walk, we're walking the same direction mm. rather than, you know, someone make money over here and we make money over here. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, like let's put all our time into like building wealth together and building something that we're proud of. Mm. You know? Did you get to a point where it's just like, babe, like it just makes sense if we just get into business together? Um, no, sort of weird story how it happened. I was always going to be sort of opening the gym, but I also knew that um, I needed to be stable. So I've been a little bit of a strategist, sort of like, um, you know, growing up through business, you sort of learn what levers to pull, how to work things in your favor too. And um, before I opened my gym, I was op- I managed a gym for someone else more opening them. And in group training, a lot of your clientele are females. And as a single male, I was like, it's not very comforting to an audience that are all females and it could come across sleazy. And I'm a guy, we have moments you slip up. Sometimes you like hit on people or whatever. 
And I knew when I was going to open my own that it wasn't a good look being a single trainer and being exposed to, you know, 100, 200 women. So I knew that I needed to find a partner for the reasons of making me look safe, but also for the reasons I needed the security. I was someone that I knew I liked having a partner mm. that kept me grounded. So when I met Chels, we'd, we'd known each other for a while, and then I was opening a gym and I said, fuck it, like, I'm doing this. I want, we're dating, this is ours. And I instantly made her feel a part of it. I wanted to stop any separation of this is mine and hers right now, regardless if I put in more, this is ours and we're 50-50 partners. And it was a risk that I was willing to take on straight away. And I always said that if for some reason this doesn't happen, it has to be amicable and it's 50-50 regardless of like that sort of work. And I think creating that trust for her, that security for her and also myself allowed us to be so much stronger. But like very early on in the relationship, it, it, it showed a level of trust for her that she's like, and this this guy's in it for for the for the long game, you know. So, yeah, I fucking love that man. That's such a different perspective to what most you would hear. Like a lot of people, are like not nah, not even going to consider going into business yeah. with my partner. You know, like I've gone into business with family, it hasn't ended well. But I guess it's sort of the intentions you set from the start, like how clear you are about that. And what I fucking love, man, is how you were talking about how your vision together is like it's just that when you're focusing on that nothing else fucking matters like when you like it's like yeah okay still be present and still be in the moment but when you're focusing on a goal together and a a future vision you become unstoppable and then especially to be able to do that with your fucking partner man like fuck that's that's and and especially when the why is so strong then like if you can sort of get all those sort of like core pillars lined up you've got your right team and environment you've got your goals you've got your why and why you want to do it and then you've got the framework of how you're going to get there you know you've got like fucking four wins backed up for yourself you know the beats the person that's only got sort of one so it becomes like this easy ripple effect to gain momentum you know and then on top of that you, you've got to have a little bit of strategy i think you can't always just go through life and allow every day come when it comes if that makes sense i think you've got to know what's coming and know how to pivot and operate or what you need to learn in that time to continuously allow momentum to happen, mm. you know? Careful, you might scare some people away from <laughs> jumping into business. It takes a lot of work. Like there's, <laughs> there's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of like, uh, people don't know, like, don't know what it's about. Right? No, no. What right. about uh, any little ones on the way? Little little babies coming soon? Nah, or? No, no, no kids. I think strategy, yeah. <laughs> strategy. This, this is, these are our young years, you know, when this is 28, 27, 28. I just turned 30, probably could pop one out, but I got some living to do as well. Like we've just, we've worked hard for the last 12 years um, and then five obviously through COVID. And I think a baby for us would just like slow down where we want to go mm. for the time being and i think you got some living and i got some working to do too bro i got some late nights mm. that i still got to get done yeah it's just part of the contract mm. that uh i don't want to put any distractions again. <laughs> but i love fucking i'd love a little race running around yeah. <laughs> training with and shit yeah, like that yeah, yeah, for sure yeah. me and luke have this conversation about taking it slow uh recalibrating away from business albeit very difficult at times yeah do you experience the similar feelings of like knowing that you probably should be slowing down maybe could take a bit of a break but the why so strong you want to keep going yeah yeah i'm I'm there there's definitely times you can't be fucked and you want to slow down 
Um, but I think that, that if you look at all the biggest high performers, none of those fuckers have balance, bro. They're all in. And their, their mindset is just get it done. And I fully gravitate to that. Mm. From sort of where I come from, I, I've realised that no one's going to do any of the work for you. To get to where I am today, I did all of it. Late nights, long nights, I cried, I bled, I sweat. All of that stuff, injuries to, to sort of just get from the slums to sort of here, you know. Um, so I think when your wire is strong, just get it done. Push through. You'll rest when you're ready. And at 30 years old, boys, or younger, you know, <laughs> we, don't, we, we, we don't need to rest just yet, you know. Mm. Rest in our 50s. We're just getting started. Mm. You know, I, I, it's so funny when you look at how life, right, we probably work until we're 60. I'm only 12 years into my career, bro. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like there's plenty of time to rest. And I think for the next 10, do things that you love, do things that make you money, do things that you enjoy. And then rest when it's time to rest. Rest when the body needs to. Imagine fucking getting real wealthy now. What the fuck would we do with our day, bro? Like it'd be grouse for three months, yeah. but when you put on all the weight and you've done enough Mykonos and <laughs> Europe, you go on to the States, oh, but I've done it all. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. got 40 years, bro. You, you know what I mean? So I think... Um, so with that perspective, do you sort of... I mean, because like it's interesting. Like I, I hear that, and I yep. go, like, my I've just reset my five year plans, which have dramatically changed in, yep. in the last couple of days. And it's like I might be at that point in five years. Yeah. But so you're talking about, you know, like not. It sort of sounded like you were saying, like, don't make it happen so quickly. In a way, no, 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 no. make it happen quickly. Yeah. And then just reestablish your goal, bro. Like, yeah. I don't think if you need to rest, you got to rest. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I think if you are so addicted to your mission, don't change your standards because everybody else wants right. to take their time. Yeah. Is is where I'm yeah, coming yeah, from. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think life balance is is a lie. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you can't. You can be very wealthy. And have a good balance. But I reckon it took you 40 years to get to that balance. Mm. Your first 40 years, you just worked. You've got to mm. sort of earn that right for yeah. balance. Yeah. Um, I don't think people should rest unless they really need to. But if they're resting, their wires are not strong enough. Mm. They're probably not finding something that they're super passionate about. Or it isn't a new enough challenge to keep them going. It's like a mundane thing. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Matt, for me, it's just like all in on everything though. Yeah. Like it's just fucking send it in business but then also in my life and and doing the things that i love as well um fuck remember when i came in and i'm like bro i'm fucked <laughs> yeah i said you go to the gold coast i said you misbehave you know what happens on the gold fuck, coast what did i say i fucking needed like a deload week and it was like oh i've been training one. for like four days yeah, yeah. so so story was he comes in tired i think it's a 6 30 class <laughs> And the week before, this was our first full week training together. They actually had a crack and worked, trained really hard. Next week, I'm, in f I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I gave him the straight talk. Go, what do you mean you're fucking tired, bro? You've trained a week. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I was like, you trained a week, bro. Like, pull it together. Like, this is what it's like to work hard. Yeah. And now do it forever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm hooked yeah. now, bro. And, and not just gym related, but like work. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah. It's like these big successful people in whatever field they are, they've been doing this hard stuff that mm. we consider hard day in, day out for the last 10 fucking years. Mm. And the main variable is time. They just keep doing the same thing and time mm. does its thing. Fuck yeah. Let's talk about your gym, bro. Because I love 
the setup of your gym, right? Thank you. Great setup, great crew. A um, few fuckheads, if you're listening, uh, Alexi. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what really drew me was like, had a call with Dim, you know, came in, great vibes, you know, Dim was awesome. But what I loved about it is how it's a group training, but it's not like F45 where you're like, all right, you got 45 seconds and then split. It's like, this is the layout. Yeah. Go at your own pace, but fucking push yourself. It's, has Where did that come from? Like, what was the inspiration behind that? Um, so I worked, I'll start off where it started mm. and what the inspiration was and then what it evolved to become. When I first opened the gym, it was, for me, it was a cash cow. When I was a personal trainer, I was doing, you know, 10 to 12 sessions a day. Yeah. I was making over a hundred grand a year, but I work seven days a week and I was smashing myself. You know, you don't always do 10, 12 sessions a day, but for me, I was, I'd get into the gym at 6 a.m. and I wouldn't get home till nine o'clock most nights, Monday through to Thursday at least, a bit quieter Friday, Saturday. But I was burnt out and I, I thought I was a king because I was making all this money, but then I was like, fuck, but if I really work out my hourly rate, it's actually 27 bucks, you know, I'm not actually um, doing as well. So moving to group was a business move on how I could leverage my time where I could do 12 sessions, sorry, instead of doing 12 sessions a day, I could do six and I could fit more people into the group so I could get more leverage. That was the main reason. So at that time, I got the opportunity to work for another franchise um, that had recently sort of popped up in Melbourne, which was the, the BFT, Body Fit. Um, met a guy out at a party and then he offered me a job and I was like, yeah, I'll take it. So I did PT in this. And I actually got to be like the 2IC. So I actually got to do a full pre-sale of a gym. We used to sit in this concrete room that hadn't even done the fit out and we just make calls. And I always just loved the idea. I actually loved sales too. And at the time, that was the skill that I wanted to learn. So anyway, we opened this gym. We did okay. Um, at the time, I was in the city. Um, and then I got the opportunity to be a head coach and open one in Hawthorne. So same thing, open this gym. And at the time I got the national pre-sale record. So like I opened a gym with over 150 members before the gym even opened. And I think before that, the next closest was like 90, 100. So week one comes in and I just see all these debits coming in going, holy shit. Like, what do you mean? I can make this money and only do six sessions? No problem. I'm going to open my own gym. So what I did though was uh, I didn't, I liked body fit and what they did. They had a great com culture, great community, great systems, but I didn't agree with the training. I was just like different from what I did. So I was like, I want to do what body fit have done, but with my mythologies, my understanding, my research training. So that's what I went on to do. And I also realized that body fits model fit body fits and mine hasn't even got a model yet. So that's when I had to sort of change. Um, and then what sort of, I realized that money doesn't come straight away. <laughs> um, you got to go back to the why, the passion and the focus. And what I realized was um, the style of training I created was like weight training is never going to go out of fashion. It's evergreen, always barbells and dumbbells. People are always going to squat, deadlift and bench. So many fads are going to come in. So people, and my model was always to allow people to train when they wanted and leave when they wanted, because I know they'll come back 
when they wanted and not be like a seasonal sort of thing. Mm. So we just stick to the fundamentals, our squat, bench, deadlift, all your basic weight training sort of stuff and do the fundamentals really well. You customize it for or personalize it for those that need it. Um, but ideally you create a bit of a system that just allows people to forever progress, forever see how they're progressing and then just get the most out of training without being an extremist, you know, mm. without having to, you know, train two hours a day or, you know, without being, you have the ability for those that want to be able to do that sort of stuff and eat, but it was set up for the everyday person to just progress, man, without any bullshit. Mm. This is probably a question for you because you're a member and you, you're working together. How does it feel when you first step into the gym? Because I know you, it's like a beautiful interior, but what's the community feel like? How do you like every day, every time, or the first time I walked in? First time, and then uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, like I said too, it was just like a, I guess a safe feeling when I walked in there. Good energy, good vibes, felt welcome. Is the word I want to use? Yeah, and then I just liked it. You know, like the phone call. Um, from dim like the response like it was very friendly and then yeah. it was very not professional nah yeah. it wasn't professional nah now, especially dim's like hey man like we'll do this and this and this, and this. <laughs> very not I, I always say like for our staff part of it is i want it to be a little bit of like a small business yeah, yeah. Well, you know when you go into like a franchise and it's all just system yes and it's great and yeah. it's efficient. You know, you get your boost and you got little kids, but there's no personality mm. behind it. And I, I found that I got more trust mm -hmm. when I was just me. Mm. And if I swore a little bit or I said it how it was, mm -hmm. well, when you work for someone else, these other things, you, you can't get away mm. with saying certain things, you know. Um, so that's what I pride myself. I always say to Dim, I just want you to be yourself. I want people to know that we're people. Mm. I'm not some big millionaire sitting out at the end of this. Like I'm like everybody else. I you're believe. there, bro. You're on the floor. You're I'm like there. chatting. You're communicating with everyone. You know? So, yeah, I think that's what I like to do. I don't want it to be professional. Like, if I feel like we're too professional, I will intentionally like rein that shit in mm. yeah. and just be like, no, no, this is personal. Mm. This all right, all the training, like Alexi's got like some gangster fucking beats on. He's had members leave, yeah, because of some yeah, of his. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Alexi's had some of our members leave before. It could have been me too, but Alexi's got a a hard taste. In I like it though. It's the annoying thing. I'm like, fuck, man. He's it's good to train to though, He's man. He's got the like, best players, yeah. man. He's got the best ones. But yeah. I guess the byproduct of that is you attract the right tribe or the tribe that aligns most to you. Correct, correct. I think you are, what's the word? I am what I project, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Matt, yeah. there's a real crew feel about it. Like there is a tribe feeling about it. Like we chuck, you chucked a, they wanted to catch up for drinks, right? They were like yeah, pushing yeah, you yeah. to organize that. <laughs> Ages, bro. Yeah, and I've, heard, I've heard some pretty wild things about the uh, the Christmas party. Like it goes loose, but hectic. that's the- <laughs> Hectic. <laughs> maybe not for the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's, that's the feel it has. Like yeah. there's such a connection between all the members that they actually want to, even hang out outside of the gym mm -hmm. and that's credit to you to what you've created thank you so maybe you should be a business coach mate nah, you don't just, like that label do you nah, <laughs> nah, just the life of the party or something like that party coach the party coach, party coach. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah do you find that's a bit of an uncommon thing or maybe a rare thing for gym owners gym communities to organize meetups for their community because i remember when luke mentioned that to me in the car and then um, I sort of had to like ask him, wait, wait, is this your, like your trainer? 
who's organizing this. He's like, yeah, the, the guy who owns the joint. I was like, oh, like, I don't yeah. know. It was sort of unheard to me. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of, like, in, in, I feel like in any, whether it's coaching, any space, space, community's everything. Mm. You've got a strong tribe. You've got a strong people with this want and desire to be there. Like, you have a big chance of being successful. And the more raving fans that you have, the better. So you want to nurture that. So twice a year, we'll, we'll try to put together like a social event to be human, to be loose a little bit, to like, hey, guys, like we're human. I know some of you have vices and I know you. And guess what? So do I. Let's like allow this to be a free day to just go, hey, man, outside of the gym, like let's just connect. Tell me about your love life. Let's smash a few beers or whatever comes with it. And I think that normalizing humanizing connecting with everybody makes it so much stronger because it becomes more than just training your whole inner circle are all aligned with you they know you on a personal level to it ain't just gym you know it's relationship building it's connecting you know so we try to do it twice a year and they love it like a lot mm. of people and I find like a lot of people in group training anyway, they're also in group training to make friends, mm. to meet new people. It's like the easiest, the amount of relationships that like I've seen come and go in gyms in like a group is ridiculous. Some people go on and get married. Some that's like a fling, but it's just learning to connect and we'll always just try to nurture that mm. try to get everybody in a space to just have fun and, like it's a stress-free, as I said, with me anyway, it's no judgment zone. Mm. Look where I've come from. Yeah. yeah, you guys should be judging me. I'm not, you know. Um, and I think people love that. You know, yeah. you give them a space where it's like, bro, do what you want. Yeah, just make sure you're okay. No one gets hurt. No problem. Yeah. Have fun doing it. Also make some massive games while you're at it. May so if you know what, probably they go backwards. So then <laughs> Or oh, not the drinking, yeah. I just mean they by the, the group gym. And then they make games. <laughs> yeah. And then the gym games too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting that at any time fitness, that's for sure. <laughs> no, oh, no, maybe no. you have to join. Uplift, yeah. mate. What else? Move, move to Richmond, man. <laughs> they do like a three week uh, starter pack. You pay like eighty bucks, you come for three weeks, mate. Okay. Feel it out. <laughs> so it was uplift. Uplift the gym. Uplift is the gym. Yeah. Uplift training and performance. Mm. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Any plans to expand? I wanted to own multiple gyms. So during COVID, that sort of just like changed the trajectory. Learned to pivot. So for those that don't know, I opened the gym two weeks before the first lockdown. Mm. So uh, just put in, you know, almost four hundred thousand dollars, some of my old man's money and money that I had saved. And then all of a sudden my gym is closed. And plus I hadn't been working four months leading into that as well, like building the gym. So we had that hard lockdown. Um, and then because of the time that I opened, I wasn't eligible for any government support. So me and the missus had to full hustle. So what we would do is we'd get borrowed a mate's ute, fill it with all this brand new gym equipment. Then I would drive down to the park and we'd do like park PT. And I had like a full gym set up there. There's like 200 kilos worth of plates, bro. So like people in a park deadlifting 100 plus kilos, full back squatting. So we did whatever we could to, um, to fully survive. And then the second lockdown hit. So you acquire more sort of debt at the time. And then what I sort of like realized was like, do I want to go through all of what I did again? Maybe not yet. What's the other alternative? 
that I can do that still allows me to have my gym and still grow, get the fulfillment that I want, and ultimately like earn more money and evolve. So we do a little bit more like online training and stuff now. So we'll work with more probably higher end clients that want more guidance with nutrition. They want to be told what to eat, how much to eat and how to train. A little bit more self-motivated people. Um, and I think that'll be a little bit more of where my attention goes now. Um, and just because the work that goes into it, it's a lot more knowledge based. So that's where I get my fulfillment while here in the group, it's a little bit like it's been set up now. It's relationship building. It's keeping, you know, keep everything ticking and sort of thing. So would I like to, I used to, I don't think I want to now. And you know what it's like with people management. It's probably the hardest thing. And think about it with a gym. I don't just have a team of eight that I've got. I've got over 150 other people mm. that I'm managing too, yeah? Mm. So it's like it becomes very challenging mm. when you've got emotions, feeling, when you've got someone's, you know, if, are they self-conscious, their body image, their health, relation. Like there's a lot of shit to manage. So... Yeah, probably probably won't do another gym. Mm. Mm. Good business, losing. good business model there. Could be. Well, just like you know, you've got could, you've got the clients, right? I, I could sell. Get- I could sell the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. mate, do you know that's what I was actually thinking though. I was thinking because it's like you know you've got your BFTs that yeah, kill yeah, it. Right? Yeah. I don't even know if F forty five exists anymore, but BFTs killing it. Yeah. And then, but like I look at your business model, like fuck, bro. Like, I love it. Like, I genuinely fucking love it. Like, I love the fact that I'm going in there and training like I would at a gym, but just getting the absolute best out of myself. Have you ever considered, like... Yeah, I thought about franchising for a while. Uh, And and being with BodyFit, I was, like, really lucky that I got to see, like, what it sort of takes to an extent. Um, I don't know, man. I think, as I said, we evolve, yeah? Like, what's the next step? And especially when you work hard, you don't always want to like work hard at things that you don't like. Hard work's non-negotiable, you got to. But if you can sort of like mitigate some of that and work smarter. So would I do it? Yeah, maybe if I had the right people in my team, absolutely it's doable. But are there other ways to make money? I think so. Mm. And only time sort of tells you, you know. Mm. Like I'm 30, do I want to be just the gym owner at 40 oh, I, I don't know i think mm. i think there's a lot a little bit more to give as a person I, well i think that you know that a lot more to learn and i think i could do a lot better than that to mm. be fair not that that's you know bad but mm. just me as being hungry you know mm. i think that's the perfect time to ask that question yeah well you did touch on it earlier but uh, we like to ask yep. a question it's the closing tradition of the podcast and we're called the call to adventure yeah so we ask a question to the guests to wrap up and that is what's your next call to adventure it could be big it could be small it could be abstract specific what is my next call to adventure so the question is like what, what's my next big thing yeah is that what you sort of you saying? also mentioned earlier that you have a lot more living to do and I, I was gonna ask you what does that look like for you yeah so i think over over the for the for the next year or two anyway um the goal is to continuously like evolve my business continuously like figure out how to automate it while learning to live as well do a little bit more travel next year i'd love to go over do some europe i haven't done any travel because i've worked my whole life Mm. so until 30 i've done a couple random trips to like bali 
sorry, yeah. done a couple random trips to, you know, Bali, but I haven't done Europe. I haven't done the States. I haven't gone to South America, any of those sort of things. Well, my partner has, but that's the difference of where we are in life. I went the business route. She got to live a little bit, but now she can run the business. I can live a little bit. Kind of, kind of like that. So my, my next call to action, man, is to, to live like a real business owner. To, to have a part of a team that, you know, help and work for you and you're still making money, still getting results, people are still living in shape, but you get to leverage all the hard work that you get to do. Work from your laptop, spend some time away, meet new people, get to jump on more podcasts, you know, expose myself to more people like you and, you know, get to grow and all those sort of things. So what's my big thing over the next couple of years? Nothing big, bro. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to enjoy the journey for the next three, two, three years, wherever that takes me. And then we'll go from there once I've acquired some of these new skills along the way. Just keep getting to work, boys. Fuck yeah. There I can is. see it unfolding very quickly <laughs> for you and just just going from like this to like... Pfft. Yeah, bro. <laughs> this has G'd me up, boys. Today's <laughs> chat today. I'm like, all right. This is how it's done, you know? Mm. Fuck, man. Well, is there anything that you want to say to the audience? Mm. Is there any way you want to hype yourself up, give your socials out or anything like that? Nah, I got... No, it's not about me today. It's about getting to be here and, and watch what you guys are doing, something special. You're trying to get some really good information, some good experience, some good understanding to your people. So I think, boys, what you're doing is great. I haven't heard of many people doing much of this, and I'm just fucking thankful to be a part of it. Oh, pleasure. Honor, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, Reese uh, Schleicher <laughs> slash Reese Physique. Uh, we'll put his good tags in the thing. Thanks for listening, team. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Cheers.